The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. And as mentioned earlier on today, we do have a very special guest joining us online. Uh, none other than political leader of the NTA, former Minister of National Security, Gary Griffith. Good morning to you, Mr. Griffith. How are you? Hi, good morning. Always a pleasure. All right. Great to have you on with us on Freedom 106.5 FM. So we're coming off of the local government elections. The NTA would have been definitely a major player for this local government elections. How are you feeling today following the results? Well, the fact that we have done well, uh, thankfully, after 16, 17 odd years, that bridge constituency, that third constituency, they finally had a voice, they finally had an option. And uh, because remember the last time that uh, anyone, there was a legitimate, bona fide, de facto third party would have been the Congress of the People in 2007, uh, when they went on their own, and then 2010 when they worked with the UNC to, to ensure the annihilation of the PNM. So it is good that that bridge constituency is now alive and kicking yet again. We voted to know that you would have seen with us getting 16,000 votes. When you do the maths there and you divide that by the 31 seats, that's roughly 500 votes per seat. Had we gone for all uh, 141, that's when doing the maths there is about 70,000. And in a local government election, with a 30,000 um, turnout. In a general election, it's two times that amount. So it could have come up to 140,000, which is which equates with what the Congress of the People is. I was, sorry. And with that, it shows yet again the importance of that third constituency. We still have that 140, 150,000 voters, but it also means that we would not be able to win any election on our own. So the people who um, wanted to criticize us for deciding to work with another party, the match is there. We still have that 150,000 voters because of how PNM structured our constitution. It can never in any way get in government. So I think what we did was the correct thing and you would have seen the results. The UNC and the NT on, um, as an alliance, we, we got 60,000 more votes than the PNM. That is the population of Tobago practically. And it says so much that we you could defeat a party by 60,000 votes. You got 30,000, 30% more than the other party. Yet the, the results are showing seven corporations each. Again, thanks to the PNM, deliberately trying to cut and paste the corporations where point fourteen, for example, all of the seats, all of the votes combined can add up to about one seat in a, in um in within one of the corporations in that the UNC usually wins. That's why you see ninety percent of the of the map of Trinidad is yellow and a little portion is red. So if that corporation if the corporations are really cut evenly, uh, and you have seen it goes to twenty corporations, this would have been more like thirteen, seven, fourteen, six. But again, all deliberately done by the PNM to manipulate our democratic process. However, it shows, it shows that with 60,000 more votes than the PNM, it shows that the alliance worked, it is alive and kicking. The NT, we have done our job. We have now set ourselves on the political map of Trinidad mm. and Tobago. Because when you have the pie chart, all you're seeing is red, yellow, and blue. You're not seeing anything else. So it, it shows that we have now become a force to reckon with, and we will continue to work with the other and the other parties. So, Mr. Griffith, you mentioned that, of course, um, you would have garnered uh, around 16,000 votes for this local government election. Um, how many areas or districts or so were you able to secure? The areas, no, well, the, now the 31 seats that we uh, went contested, to, right. that was the belly of the beast. Yeah, those were the hardest PNM seats. Those were the seats that the PNM won by the largest margin in 2019, 2016. So 
So are we talking about seats in the in Laventille, Malik, success? Right. Um, in, in, and so those are the areas. And in every one of those 31 seats, bar point 14, because of their small numbers, in that whole corridor, all of those seats, um, the majority would have been PNM winning by 750 to 2,500 votes in 2019. Right. Now, you okay. know, in in local in local government election term, that's as safe as you can get. That's that's equivalent to about much, seven thousand yeah. odd votes in a general election. In the difference, we were able to cut every single seat to the point that there were seats such as Lupino, um, Lupino La Florissante, where the UNC would have lost by eleven hundred odd votes in twenty nineteen. Mm. The PNM held on by less than two hundred in two Diego Martin seats because of the NTA votes. The um the, the two UNC candidates. They were able to. They lost by less than by 200 votes, and those were seats that the PNM won by over 800 votes in 2019. Similar to several other seats that we went up for in Diego Martin, that the PNM would have been successful by about eight 900 votes, and we cut it down to less than 200. So it shows that we have cut major inroads into the PNM to the point that the I think the NTA we are getting an alderman in Diego Martin. So we were able to ensure now that we have a foothold in the corridor and the corridor no right. longer belongs primarily to the PNM. So, so we have done exactly what was required. You mentioned, of course, using this uh, momentum to build into the general elections coming up in 2025. Now, before that, um, well, this may come thereafter, but still, are you going to continue the momentum on the local government side of things, continuing to work, not in the, firstly, for these 31 areas and perhaps other areas for the next local government elections with the NTA? With the UNC? Or, or you mean as, as a, within the NTA? No, definitely. Uh, and this is not just in the, in, the, in the corridor because the NTA support, that third constituency support is throughout the country. And, and you would have seen that, that those results in Sangri Grandi. And the, it is not by chance that the UNC turned Sangri Grandi into a virtual safe corporation this time around. That is because I spent a lot of time in Sangri Grandi to ensure that the UNC would get a firm foothold to annihilate the PNM. And that's where those floating voters, those uh, that bridge constituency, those mm-hmm. ONR, NAR, TOP, NTA voters came across to vote and for that UNC candidate in Sangri Grandi right. that ensured that success. And the same thing happened with San Fernando as well. Whereas the PNM would have it would have been six three, it was um they we were able to win one of those seats utilizing that concept of asking the NTA supporters to vote for the UNC candidate and the PNM held on for their life for that fifth seat. So it is throughout the country that we and we don't intend just on those 31 seats that we contested, but the NTA support, remember as I said, that is 140, 150,000, similar to the Congress of the People. So that support is throughout the length and breadth of Trinidad and Tobago. So we intend, obviously, because we have representatives throughout um, all 41 constituencies, all 141 districts in the corporation, in the in the corporations. So we intend to continue to expand the base and the support of the NTA, and also not just the NTA supporters. Because what I intend to do is to work with other political parties, parties that may not be on the political map at this time, because right now there are only three, um, and try to work with them to try to build something much bigger than what even the NAR was in 1986. May I add, the, one of the concerns that I had, which is exactly what I spoke about on several platforms throughout the campaign, was that there was a party that was as, that was designed specifically to assist the PNM. That was the Orange Party, the PEP. When you take red and you watch it several times, it turns orange. And exactly as I said, is what it was what happened. The UNC lost six or seven seats 
because of the spoiler party, the PP. They knew that they were going to lose all their deposits. They knew that they couldn't win anything. They knew that they could get no more than 100 votes on most occasions. But they knew that by getting 100 votes and the PNM winning that seat by 20, 30 odd votes, they would have done their job. So the two seats in Diego Martin that the UNC lost by getting the NTA votes, voters to support them, they lost by 170 odd votes, but the PP got 200 in Princess Town. Um, that, that seat, the PP got about 40 votes that caused it to tie. In San Grande, one of the seats, to, um, the, the PP got about 60 votes and the UNC lost by about 20 odd. So the PP, the Mayor is the same thing. In Tudapuna, Piaco, same thing. Arima, same thing. So it's about seven odd seats that the UNC should have won by people voting against the PNM, but by them voting for that PNM B team, the mission was accomplished. And it says a lot for people to understand what I was speaking about, that mm -hmm. if you want to vote out the PNM, voting for any other party other than the NT or the UNC was going to indirectly assist the PNM. And it worked. Okay. So it's a very strong statement that you're making in terms of the, the, the other party being a, a B team or whatever um, for, for the incumbent at this point in time. Um, let's just say that that you know, theoretically there is some something different from from what you're saying, and that the party says that hey we want to work with maybe the NTA, the UNC, and maybe other parties or whoever um, in another election that's coming up. What what would be the situation then? Well, we again we are not here to to cause division to cause any. Um, issue of us openly condemning other political parties but you can't be a leader of a political party and your whole campaign was based on hatred bitterness attacking people this was a political party that all that he did philip alexander all that he did was to attack kamala Prasad and gary griffith very little about attacking the pnm so he knew what he was doing so it is difficult to want to work with a political party that spends all their time trying to demonize, destroy, uh, attack political leaders. We will work with political parties, but you must have some degree of mutual respect. Okay. So now going to the actual voter turnout. Now, I think the last local government election or statistics uh, over the last couple of years have shown that usually there's around a 35% voter turnout. I remember seeing a story on that. Um the last update from the EBC would have indicated that there would have been a voter turnout um, between 30 to 31 percent. Um, you mentioned that, you know, the UNC and the NTA got a considerable amount of vote. And if you group them together, it far outweighs the, the PNM's, um, let's see, 130,000 votes. What do you think would have attributed to that 30, 31 percent voter turnout? Well, again, looking at the data, the UNC acquired roughly 202,000 votes, I think, in 2019. This time around, they got 180,000. Okay, uh, Mr. Griffith, your connection seems to be breaking up a bit. Um, so we will take a short break at this time. And when we come back, we'll continue um, along with your response to this, okay? Uh, this is Freedom 106.5 FM. On the line with us, of course, political leader of the NPA, 
NTA, sorry, Gary Griffith. We'll be right back. And we're back, Freedom 106.5 FM, and we're speaking with uh, Mr. Gary Griffith, of course, political leader of the National Transformation Alliance. So, Mr. Griffith, before the break, uh, we were speaking, or the question would have been posed in terms of the response for the usual low voter turnout. Yes, uh, so are you hearing me okay now? Yes. Right. So uh, it is, there's not no great cause of alarm. If you look at other countries, for example, in the United States, their major election is to select the president, and that selection of the president, their voter turnout is usually 60 to 65 odd percent. It's the same with Trinidad and Tobago in our general election to select a prime minister. In their similar type of election, that would be uh, our lesser value than that of the presidential election. And other countries, the voter turnout is usually 30 to 40 percent as well. So it's, it's, not, it's, no, it's no, uh, major no major concern. If there has been a decrease, I could see it, however, as I've mentioned, when you look at the UNC and the NTA votes combined, it was just around 12,000, 10,000 less than what the UNC acquired in 2019. But with the PNM, there was over 30,000 reduction from 160,000, I think, to 130,000. So it showed that the majority of that reduction would have been PNM supporters who were disenchanted and decided to boycott the PNM and not vote, which is what caused their loss. They're losing so many seats because initially, I think it would have been 72 to 69 in 2019. Now, now um, the UNC has gone up. So with that, it shows that the reduction is primarily based on PNM supporters not coming out to vote, and rather than, than those against the, P, the PNM. And what happens as well is that in these elections, the majority of the people who vote are usually the base supporters of the two major parties, PNM and the UNC. When you go into a general election, that is where that third party of those independent voters kick in, the COP type voters, that are around 50,000. So most of them don't vote for local government election because that is where you can have the diehard voters from the main political party show up. So there, there's no need for concern. What, I, what we intend to do, however, is to put a major um, operational plan to push younger persons to understand the importance of voting. That's the individuals between the age of 16 to 40 odd. And indirectly, that is still seen as an um, as an avenue for for persons where younger persons don't see probably the importance, they don't understand the value, and some of them are just so frustrated by watching what they've seen in our politics in this country. So we intend to spend a lot more time dealing with the youth vote over the next year. All right. So so focusing on the youth now, um, there would have been, of course, everybody knows the establishment of the People's Partnership uh, in the build up to the twenty. Um, 2010 general election and so on. How is this arrangement uh, between the NTA and the UNC at this point? Uh, I'm not sure if there are other parties as well, uh, but let, let's stick it to the the stick to the NTA and the UNC at this point in time. How is this arrangement uh, different from that partnership arrangement that didn't really last very long, other than one term? Um, in terms of leading or looking into the next general election coming up pretty soon? Well, I, I see the, what happened there was more so the, the fault of the hierarchy of the COP rather than anybody else. You have to ensure that you have mutual respect. You have to, under, you have to understand the other political parties that you work with. You have to make sure you fight for, for the cause of your own political party. None of those things I spoke about the COP they were doing. So this was never the fault of the UNC per se. And that is where you see the difference now. I can tell you honestly, because even in 2010, when you had the COP supporters and the UNC supporters 
there was there seems to be more there seems them to be more marriage of convenience and let's do it deliberately to try to win an election rather than a proper synergy and understanding of brotherly relationship between both parties. This time around, I can tell you a hundred percent in the the meetings that we had, the joint meetings, that yellow and blue, the the camaraderie you saw with the UNT supporters and the NTA supporters, it was unbelievable. There was mutual respect, there was trust, there was there, there, you could see that degree of understanding. It was a team, and that is what is going to, to make the difference. Additionally, Kamala Prasad, Mr. Sun, Gary Griffith, we communicate on a, on a oh, several times a day. And I think that is what did not take place then. And this is no fault of Kamala Prasad, Mr. So you're going to see this time around a lot of communication, cooperation, um, mutual respect, and understanding that we will work as a team. Well, um, if we have issues, we keep it inside and we deal with it. And that, that is what you intend to see. So this will be, and again, using the local government election, we use this similar to the 1983 local government election when the ONR and the ULF use the local government election then as a foundation, a template, a platform to build something towards the general election in 1986, and it worked. So what we have done now, we have set the foundation, the framework to ensure now we can move forward towards the general election, similar to what happened in 1983 local government to, to the 1986 general election. So that's what you're going to, you're going to, this is just going to build, it is going to increase, and we're going to see not just a repeat of 2010, but also 1986. And may I add, in 2010, it was rushed because of a snap election, and it caused the CUP and the UNC to rush in there into, into an arrangement. This is not going to be an arrangement. This is going to be something well-structured, making sure that people understand that this is going to be one big team working together towards ensuring this is going to be the best government this country has ever seen. Right. Uh, now, Mr. Griffith, uh, we have had a lot of persons saying that, you know, they, they are not really going to, to vote before the elections and so on. We, we asked a number of times persons if they would be willing to go and exercise their franchise and so on, because they've said that elections come, elections go. It's the same sort of gimmick. You see the pol- politicians out and about for elections, after elections, you don't really see them much. There isn't really much change uh, when it comes to, to after elections. How do you intend to make any sort of change uh, with respect to your party, the NTA, going forward to allay those fears or fears of the of the electorate? Oh, well, simple. Looking at the style of Gary Griffith as the Minister of National Security and the Commissioner of Police, people may say what they want about Jack Warner. A lot of of my traits are used um, in as a Minister of National Security and a Commissioner of Police. I saw it from the the charisma and the style of Jack Warner. Being, I will be in my office sometime four or five o'clock in the morning, meet, meeting dozens of persons, making myself the most accessible public servant probably in the history of this country. Only one public servant in a senior position could be mad enough to give everyone his phone number. Remember, as commissioner of police, when I said if you had a concern, you call me directly. That ensured the cleanup of the police service. So the same way I made myself accessible, the same way I was able to put certain principles of good management, leadership, measurement of performance, accountability, to transform what was seen as probably the most corrupt and least trusted in all arms of the public service. To three years later, when I left as commissioner, it became the most trusted and the most professional of all arms of the public service, that being the current Tobago police service. I intend to show to the country that we we would be accessible and we would have, we would have the deliver, 
being able to deliver rather than just mm -hmm. talk. The PNM will always be able to outfinance us. I have been bombarded with reports of young persons being paid three hundred dollars on a PNM in the Maraval area and so forth. And many people have to, uh, they, they've come to my son and others and told me that that is the PNM style. They can outfinance us, but they can't outperform us. We are going to show to the country. Look at what we have achieved. Look at what we have done. From BBA, Minister of National Security, when Kamala Prasad Bissasa was the chair of the National Security Council. It was the highest reduction in, in serious crime in 30 years. We, we cracked it. We were getting mm -hmm. there. After we after we left, the PNM dismantled every single thing we put in place. The National Operations Center, the National Security Special Operation Group, the National Security Training Academy, the Community Comfort Patrol, the dam and vessels. They shut it all down. So the criminals took over. When I became commissioner, it took me a year and a half to clean it up. We shut it back down. We put everything in place again. And then I, after I left, they shut it all down. Sort the Special Operational Response Team, the Emergency Response Patrol, Operational Command Center, Commissioner's Command Center, GPS tracking on the vehicles, the rapid response to ensure a high visibility. And that picked back the criminals to ensure it was the highest reduction in violent crime in 17 years. So the, the record is there. People, uh, parties like the PEP, they have never achieved anything. They have never done anything. So if So when you look at parties like the PEP, that they just talk the talk. Anybody can say what I could do to fix water, to give you a better water supply or to fix the road or to reduce crime. How have you ever done that? What have you ever achieved to do that rather than say mm -hmm. what you can do? We have achieved, we have delivered, we have performed. The PNM likewise, they have not. They have failed miserably. So we are going to be showing the country, judge us on our performance, judge us on our track record, judge us based on what we have done, not based on what the PNMB team is promising to do when they have never, they have no track record, or the PNM that have been tried, weighed, measured, and found wanting. Let, let's take a couple quick calls um, from our listeners. The phone lines are ringing off the hook. See if we could get one or two quick calls before uh, our interview time elapses from us. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Yes. Uh, good morning, Governor, and good morning, Mr. Griffith. Mr. Griffith, the host said quick calls, so I want to make this quick. Mr. Griffith, how many guns should a homeowner be allowed to have? And how many rounds of ammunition should he be allowed to have? Okay, all right, thanks for your call. We'll, we'll stick right, up in there, Eric. Yeah. That, and that is, that is based primarily on the, on the threat of the individual and, the, and the, the needs of the individual. He may very well be a, a shooter uh, in, in the sport, so he may need about three different weapons. He may be a trainer, so he may need 10. He may be an individual who's a businessman and has a business in Trinidad and one in Tobago, so he may need two or three. He may be somebody who is involved in hunting, so he may need a, a shotgun. So it's all based on the individual. Um, what I can say before me, there were over 75 persons who had five or more firearms. So it, to, to the perception of people, oh, you're giving out too many firearms. The, the important thing is that the firearms that would have been given out by me, it was at no time, not one was lost, not one was stolen, not one was used for a crime, not one was used for a murder during my three years in office because we had a stringent approach. And that's why I put the FUL card with a chip to ensure we can monitor if individuals are going on the range, if they're going to train, if their wife will send a report about them in a station so we can automatically seize the weapon. That is performance, that is delivery. And because of that, dozens of lives were saved. So that shows the importance as it pertains to the, the amount of ammunition in this era now where criminal elements have assault weapons and they could barge into your home in a home invasion. You have in a sidearm, which is the only thing I can, I can give authorization for as a commissioner, having 25 rounds would not be enough, which is why I doubled the uh, ammunition capacity to 50 rounds. So when Keith Rowley lied to the country to say that millions of rounds of ammunition were given out to 
to um, firearm holders. That was a lie. You can give out no more than 50 rounds for one person. So if I give out 4,000 4, firearms, half to law enforcement officials, you do the maths there. That is less than 200,000 rounds. But to lie and give the impression that we give out millions of rounds, he lied to the country as per norm. Okay. Uh, we'll see if we could take in another quick call. 627-323-625-2257. Good morning. Hello, good morning. Okay, so we seem to still be getting that interconnectivity issue there. Okay, so Mr. Griffith, as we continue along, uh, we are looking forward to 2025 the local, uh, from the local to the next general election. Would you be using your performance, the, the performance of the NTA, um, and then probably seeking to get a voice in Parliament leading up to the next general election in terms of the Senate? Well, yeah, well, you know, well yeah. Sorry, in terms of? In terms of the Senate, um, right now, would you be seeking to get oh, a position no, there no, and so on? Not at all. Listen, the, uh, and th this is where people say, oh, Gary, um, try to get the NTA to get some CFC that the UNC had. Why? We have to earn our right. Too many people, they stay on the outside. They attack Amla Pasad Vicesa. They attack the UNC because they want life easy. They want a safe seat. Mm -hmm. No, my my concept of it is totally different. You form a new political party. You have to earn your, your, your place. You have to earn yourself to get a platform and to be on the political map, which is what we did. We went for the 31 hardest seat. I didn't ask the UNC to give us some safe seats. That is nonsense. So likewise, my personal view at this time is that if it is that the UNC earned the right to have six senators in, in the upper house, based mm -hmm. on them have getting 19 seats in um, in the general election, why should we be able to get take one of those seats? What have we done? We have not won any seat in the general election. The, the six persons who are appointed as senators in the upper house is based on the on who is, is selected in the opposition in a general election. We have not taken part in the general election. We have stamped our authority, which gives us the right to say that we are the legitimate, bona fide, and only major third political party because the others, the PP, the MSJ, the PDP, I think they all lost their deposits. We have now we are going to get an alderman in Diego Martin. So we have earned our right now to be recognized as a major third force in the country by how we have performed in the local government for us to have seats in parliament we must now earn that right by taking part mm -hmm. in the general election and then we will have representation in the upper house all right great let's let's see if we could take another call hello good morning morning Gobin, and mon uh, morning to your doctor here dr griffith good morning sir <laughs> um i want question for, for dr griffith when you get a fuel license to own a firearm, the, the, you as the commissioner will give you the FUL and a gun and ammunition, or you have to buy that from them fellas importing and, and selling. And tell me the cost of the cheapest gun that a man could buy if he get a FUL, or if only will give him the cheapest gun when he get a FUL later. No, the FUL is only the only thing the commissioner has to do. My only involvement is to give you the authority to purchase a firearm. That's all, which is why it is that all the lies that he paid him true. And that's why, you know, you know, just for two years, all of the lies by the Pinham and Keith Rowley of our well-oiled criminal industry, you know, just two years later, since I left office, not one person has been arrested for bribery or corruption um, of any matter by these reports during the period when I was commissioner of police. Eight persons were arrested. Four of them were under my watch because we did sting operations. Two other individuals signing their name on my behalf, which is not bribery or corruption, and two others committed 
criminal acts after I left. So all of the lies and old talk have proven to, to the country that you have lied to the country by speaking about our well and Stanley John and Keith Rowley, by the way, they are going to be on a witness stand soon in court because I have sued them for every cent they have for lying and misleading the country to claim that I was leading a well oil criminal industry. <clears throat> he then lied to say what the NTA is that as well. That is what the PNM operates. Okay. Say the same lie over and over, just like email gate, and you hope that people will believe it. So two years later, not one person has been arrested for bribery under my watch during my period as commissioner of police based on these so-called reports. So going back to the FUL, all the commissioner does is to ensure that we do a stringent approach, look at all of the different the criteria that you have the certificate of character, the job, uh, we do a background check, we check your finances, we see your track record, we ensure that your spouse has given approval, we ensure that you have some body and mind, and then I give you the approval. You go ahead and you purchase your firearm. That has nothing to right. do with the commission of police. So finding out how much it costs and what is the value or whatever, I am not a firearm dealer. I don't, that is not our involvement. Our involvement of what you decide to purchase you could purchase whatever you want. You cannot purchase an automatic weapon, which again was a lie by the PNM stating that that um, law-abiding citizens were getting approval for automatic weapons by the Commissioner of Police. That is a lie because it is not allowed. Sure. Let, let's take another call. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Corbin. Good morning, Gigi. Good morning. Congratulations. What a long story short. Congratulations and keep up the good work. And you see the lady that used her husband um, gun to hurt herself? Please, when you get back there, give all that she saw her own weapon. Let she keep her gun home at her in case the husband has to walk with with his. Okay. I am calling from Sawami, one of your supporters in 2000, 2007. But praise the Lord, you come back on. And please stay with Kamala again. Thank you. Okay, thank you for your... Well, yeah, I give, you, I give you the assurance I'm not going anywhere. I'll be right there side by side. But again, going back to that concern, this is, uh, that is exactly what is happening now. Keith Rowley spends more time being concerned that criminal elements can lose their rights over the over us increasing the rights of law-abiding citizens. That says a lot about Keith Rowley. All of his concern is that a law-abiding citizen might have more rights now to, to shoot at someone who is breaking into their home. Look at what happened um, just yesterday in Westmoreland or wherever it was. That is what is happening now. This, how come it is that when Gary Griffith was commissioner of police, there were no home invasions, kidnapping and stopped. We use technology to be able to pinpoint persons. If you kidnap someone, we were breaking into the homes and finding that, that victim and, and, and arresting the kidnappers. That never happened before. Home invasions, the few times it happened, as soon as they jumped that wall, by the time they jumped back over, we were taking them down. That is policing. That is good leadership. That is what we intend to bring back into the country. The same way I put an end to kidnapping, home invasion, making sure that you could get a response in three minutes, we will do it again. It is not going to happen with this government because they are incompetent or they are sympathetic to criminal elements. So this lady, you use your husband's firearm, you shoot someone, and now she now could very well... Be, be charged, and then the same weapon that they use is going to be seized for several years that now puts them at risk because the mm. friends of these criminals could will now know that. Okay, That so, is madness, which is what, when Kamala Pusad Bicester speaks about standing your ground, it is just to amend the laws in such a way to ensure that the scales of justice can be tilted towards the rights of law-abiding citizens rather than the criminal elements. It seems that the PNM is concerned about that. 
and it says a lot about the PNM. Now, going back to those statements that were made on the election trail, on the campaign trail and so on, about um, um, stand your ground, um, that whole statement about empty the clip, a lot of persons were a bit concerned about that statement as well. And I know there is perhaps a fine line uh, between uh, defense and, and maybe assault. Um, g given your, your position in the past of Commissioner of Police, and your your position as the NTA leader now. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability, the all-new Talk Radio, Freedom 106.5.